0: Our general subject for this little endearing conference is the enjoyment of God and the purpose of God. God's purpose is to have the church understood as the corporate expression of Christ. And Christ is the embodiment and expression of the triune God. In order to live for the purpose of God, in the midst of the world in which we exist, we need to enjoy him for the long run. And many of us are fond of that verse in Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So in the first message, we emphasized enjoying God and living for his purpose. We'll come to the outline very soon and flow through it, I believe, in a pleasant way. But first, I would like to define more definitely what it is to actually live for God's eternal purpose. Living. Not doing first, not working first, but living. And living is something we're doing all the time. As long as we are alive, we are living. So to live for God's eternal purpose is not requiring a certain behavior, but a certain way of living personally before the Lord, with the Lord, and to the Lord. We know from Revelation 4:11 and Ephesians 1 5 that the will of God is the source. And the origin of all of God's action. God's will is what he wants. It is what he has intended to have. And woven into his will is what Paul calls God's good pleasure. So what God wants, his will is in the realm of delight and enjoyment for himself and for those who participate. Based upon his will and his good pleasure, God made his purpose in Christ. His plan, his determined intention to reach his goal. Then he considered... How to carry this out from creation until the coming of the new heaven and the new earth after the kingdom age. And God is detailed, fine, and thorough. So there is a very thorough consideration regarding regarding every matter, every place and every person who will ever live on the earth in relation to God's purpose. So the Lord, we know, as the writer of Proverbs tells us, he really is directing our steps, although he likes to hide and is not obvious, yet our lives are unfolding according to his counsel. But in practicality, the purpose of God reaches us and intersects with our being and our living as the divine economy. So to live for God's purpose is to live in and for God's economy. Because God's economy is his plan and arrangement to accomplish his purpose. So the economy is the plan. And there's always an arrangement. And it's the arrangement that gives God the opportunity to dispense himself into us more and more. I've used this illustration a number of times. God's dispensing His giving us the breath of life, the water of life, the bread of life, in our experience, is always based on some kind of arrangement. It doesn't just happen without any forethought. We're all familiar with the case of the Lord's feeding 5,000 men plus women and children. So there could have been more than 12,000 people there. They were hungry. He wanted to feed them. The disciples didn't know what to do. Eventually, the Lord was presented five loaves and two fishes then he made an arrangement for that large group of people. He actually had them sit down in districts, say 50 or 100. I do believe the Lord was training the disciples how to administer a huge church, how to handle an increase of 3,000 in one day. So in one day, they went from 120 to 3,120. What do you do? Well, they meet in homes, and they meet in districts. So the Lord took the loaves, he blessed them, he broke them. But before he distributed them, everyone had to sit down. And so you needed to accept the group that God assigned to you. All of your buddies may be over there, but you're in this group. And then the Lord distributes the bread and the fish through 12, we believe, rather young men. And if you're in Peter's group, if you ah, this, you know, this, this, this dude is cool, He's just so direct and straightforward. I'm happy to be in his group. And someone says, oh, I'm in Mystical John's group. (laughs) Then someone else says, oh, I'm in the most exciting group. I I am in uh, the group of Simon the Canaanite. The Canaanites were the most radical, anti-Roman, pro-Messiah imperialists. So here is one radical coming to stir you up. Then others say, yeah, yeah. But the guy bringing the bread to me is giving me bad vibes. His name is Judas. I just don't have a good feeling about him. Well, my point in this humorous expression is the feeding is based on the arrangement. And many years ago, when I was teaching a class in the full-time training on God's economy, I used this illustration. and Then I instructed the trainees experiencing and enjoying God's dispensing Requires accepting his arrangement. So I'm talking to young 20 somethings, right? And so they're so excited. They just, I wouldn't say they marched out of the class, but they were full of energy. They were going forth to accept God's arrangement and experience his dispensing. And in my heart, I'm just chuckling. I'm just laughing in a positive way. And so one week later, we met again, and I asked them, uh, how's it going with accepting uh, this arrangement? And they had to admit, there are many aspects of being in the full-time training, like getting up at six, and living in a house with 10 or 12 people, And being on this kind of schedule. And having this kind of food. So I try to comfort them by saying. None of us is good at this. Okay. None of us. Okay. We're all the same. We are happy with circumstances. That match our self and our soul. So anything that makes us at all uncomfortable or deprives us of something, we simply don't like it. And so our responses range from mild irritation to just total aggravation or whatever. But God is sovereign. And as we grow in life, we enter what we define as the third stage based upon the book, the experience of life. And that is the stage of the inward experience of the cross clearing the way for life to grow in us. So there's dealing with the flesh, dealing with the self, dealing with the natural constitution. And then there is this lesson, accepting the discipline of the Holy Spirit, yeah. so I refer to Jacob again, as I did this morning. During the twenty years with Laban, he didn't accept anything contrary to him. It was a battle. It was a battle of wits. Okay, okay, Laban, regarding the animals, you say. I'm getting the better animals or I'm taking your animals. Let's arrange, you get the ones that are this color and these stripes, and I get the ones that are another color. Then he arranges this scheme that the best, healthiest animals were all the color that he wanted. So when it was Leah, instead of Rachel, he didn't embrace her, he didn't hug you, he said, good morning, Leah, my dear wife, he is saying, what is going on? Where is Rachel? But eventually, to me, one of the most touching, uh, it's not a story, it's just an account. And the whole Bible is in Genesis 35. When Jacob has experienced transformation, he's come to Bethel. And he's on his journey, and Rachel is in childbirth. And she knows what is going to happen to her. And the midwife is there trying to encourage her and tells her, you will have another son. But she knew she was dying, and Jacob knew she was dying. He was right there. So when the baby was born, she named him Benoni, son of sorrow. You were born in my sorrow. Jacob is there, watching the love of his life breathe her final breaths. Then he changes the name. No, not Benoni. Benjamin. Benjamin. Son of my right hand. What a loss. No sign of self-pity. No trace of anger. No indication of accusing God and blaming him. He was now in a situation that began the stage of maturation in his life. And the maturation that is being filled with the divine life that changes you really begins when we're finally brought to the point. Doesn't mean we don't have any feeling at all. That's impossible. But we can truly accept what God measures out to us. We can accept that. It doesn't mean we accept everything the enemy tries to do. Eventually, the experienced ones will help us to discern in any given situation what is allowed by God and what is an attack of the enemy. And when saints are under the attack of the enemy, we shouldn't dismiss it by saying, that's God's dealing. We should fight for them, cover them, Bind the enemy and declare his defeat. Amen. But when something is measured out by God. And we are able sincerely to accept it. That is a sign we have now entered the stage of becoming mature. And we will all be there because this, this is quite normal. Until then. We'll continue as we have been until now, bothered by the slow reflexes of other drivers when the arrow turns green, bothered by someone in the checkout line that has a maximum, this express lane has a maximum of 15 items, and you know the basket in front of you has 24 because you counted them. And are not happy and you may utter something to the cashier about it would be good if this store would enforce the sign. But eventually we will treasure the continuous joy giving dispensing of the triune God in such a way. And we receive such grace from him that we don't have controversies with God anymore. We may not understand what's happening and we may be suffering something, but we can say sincerely, God, I humble myself before you Your desire is to work yourself into me. Now receive your sovereign arrangement. This is important because God's economy, sorry, God's purpose reaches us as his economy. And his economy involves an arrangement all the time And the purpose of the arrangement is to supply you in a very particular way. The Lord may realize with a certain brother, I've been trying to touch your feelings for years. You're so protected. you have just armor plates over you? How can I work myself into your emotions so you know really what love is and you know truly what joy is and you're able to weep with those who weep but now you can't do that. You're just a tough guy. Strong in your mind, strong in your will. I want you to be a balanced God-man. So how is he going to have access to this man's emotion? The Lord knows what to do to gain access. Then he dispenses himself into that part of your being that has remained untouched until this moment. And then the issue is, the brother knows what love is. And now the wife begins to get some relief. At last, my husband is learning what love is. Or we're all relieved because here this somber, sullen, serious, and I'm going to use a fun word, lugubrious brother, lugubrious is to be serious to the point of being ridiculous. <laughs> and he's smiling. I can tell he's smiling. I learned this from a rather wise female, how to tell when a smile is real, look at the eyes. If the eyes are bright, the eyes are smiling, then what the mouth is doing is not fake. So now, almost the whole church is relieved to hear you give a testimony that is not weighed down with all kinds of deep things that you're always going through. You can lead us in singing, with joy shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. And so, the Lord anticipates all of your reactions. He knows. He's not bothered. But he's a God of purpose. He has a determined intention. So you ain't gonna stop him. You can only temporarily delay. To live for God's purpose is to live in the divine dispensing. Day by day. Amen. We pointed out in the message last night. That God wants to give himself to us as our enjoyment. This is what's in his heart. And he has made everything possible in the sun to solve all the problems on our side. So that he can give himself to us. And he wants to do this. Whenever we contact him, this is his heart. And we need to know this about him and trust this about him and come to him based on the blood of Jesus with a willingness for God to give us himself as enjoyment. Now the same principle is with dispensing. Dispensing. We know from Genesis 2 the verse that says God formed man from the dust of the ground. I don't know Hebrew, but I just picked up a few things. The Hebrew word for formed is the word for a potter forming a vessel. So actually, if you look into a full-length mirror, if you can bear to do it, of yourself, just have this thought. You really do look like a bottle. Yeah, I mean, we're in different kinds of shapes, but basically, we're all bottle-like, and the opening is at the top, and this is where things come in. So God created us as vessels with a spirit to contain him and a soul to express him and there are many precious verses in the New Testament that were vessels unto honor, vessels of mercy. We have a treasure in earthen vessels. And what God needs from the vessels is one simple thing. Openness. Just to be open to him. And it's very good to pray a simple prayer. Lord, today... I turn my heart to you, and I open myself to you to experience and enjoy your dispensing. But I do know, as I sometimes do with the more subjective trainees, whether they're sisters or brothers, and these dear subjective ones, when they pray, they're analyzing what they're praying as they're praying. So I tell them, okay, you need a backup prayer. To help you out. Because if you pray. Lord. I open my whole being to you. While you're saying that. You are thinking. Am I really opening my being to him? So here's your backup prayer. Lord. Cause me. Enable me. To fully open myself to you. In the book. Perfecting Training there's a chapter entitled, Vessels Open to the Lord. And Brotherly says in that message that Paul's 14 epistles can be summarized in two words. Open vessels. Open vessels. And so when we come to the Lord in a personal way, and when we come to him corporately, our view should be, I'm coming to him, we are gathering together and coming to him. Because God wants to give himself to us as our enjoyment. He wanted us to enjoy singing Isaiah 12. Wasn't that pleasant? <laughs> Just, I'm so good we, we stood up finally for a song. The brother took the lead. Thank you. We we stood up, then we sang it again and again. Cry out and shout. Call upon his name. With joy. We'll draw water. And so we should also have the concept, when you come near to the Lord, he's not out to primarily deal with you. The discipline you. He wants to give himself to you as enjoyment and as the divine dispensing. And this is the way we live for his purpose. As early as we can on any given day, we begin to receive his dispensing. Then we'll see what happens in us, according to John 14, as we receive some living water. It comes into us, when it reaches our spirit, it becomes a fountain. Okay, right now, as I'm speaking to you, there's a fountain in my spirit. And while you're listening, there's a fountain in your spirit. Right now, we pray to this, that the fountain would spring up in the spirit of everyone in this meeting. So can you say amen to this prayer? Let the fountain spring up in you right now. So your inner being echoes what we're saying. Fountain springs up into eternal life. Then now you can pray, you can sing, you can praise. You can share Christ with someone. You can preach the gospel to someone. You can give a gospel tract to someone. You can text someone and have text fellowship for a minute or two. You can call someone. You can have fellowship with someone. Everything comes out of this flowing. And the flowing is based on the dispensing. But in order for us to live this way, we need under the Lord's care to become simplified With him. In that message I referred to, Brother Lee says the natural man wants to know and to do. To know and to do. So we come to the Lord because we want to know something, we want to do something. And those two things block our being. If we could let the Lord train us to live before Him as open vessels. A few weeks ago, while I was in Singapore, I received an email from a sister in Vancouver, Canada. I knew that her husband, a faithful elder in the church there for a long time, the cancer had taken a very severe turn. And it's now a rare form that can't be managed. Can't be controlled. Nothing can be done. And the end is near. So she wrote. Because she felt. I have some understanding of what it is. To experience this kind of loss. And she wanted some fellowship. Fellowship. And she gave me the option of writing an email or calling. Eventually, I just felt a call. She got the phone by her husband's hospital bed. Then I just fellowship with her. This and that. Don't listen to you. When others say, don't cry. I say, God, men cry. When it's a heartbreaking loss, we cry. And then she said, Can you hold on for a minute? And then she was with her husband and he was awake. He said, Can you talk to David? And I talked to him and he was able to answer back. And we had wonderful prayer together. And then a week and a half later, early in the morning, she sent me the email. David went to the Lord. My heart is broken. But what can a person do inwardly when they're sustaining such a loss, when your soul is overwhelmed with grief? Okay? The one thing we can help them do is this. Stay one spirit with the Lord, and remain open to him. Because this is a life law, I testify of this from direct experience again and again. As soon as death attacks, the process of resurrection life begins. You're not aware of it but eventually it will surface. So just as I tried to help you realize, our fellowship about enjoying the Lord is not some kind of dream. I'm fully aware that the sufferings of human life, all kinds of things that happen, what the enemy tries to do, what our self does to us, we're all the same, we're all in this kind of situation. But I came here to encourage you and to comfort you by testifying to you in the midst of any kind of situation we can still receive the God of joy into the deepest part of our being. So the same thing applies to the dispensing. So When the light, the red, the arrow, the green arrow turns red just before you got to the intersection because of other slow reflexes, you're now here for three minutes. May the spirit remind you, you can spend three minutes receiving the divine dispensing. Or you can spend three minutes in yourself. It's up to you. And so you can tell the Lord, Lord, I am bothered that I got stuck here and I'm going to be late and I hate to be late, but here I am. Okay, so now you opened up. Lord Jesus, I'm going to drink you right now. I'm going to come to the fountain of life right now. So to live for God's eternal purpose is first to live a life of enjoying Him. That was last night. Second, it's to live a life of consecration in which we present ourselves to Him to allow Him, to give Him our consent to work in us and on us and to direct our ways. Then now tonight, we see we live for God's eternal purpose by living a life of being open to the divine dispensing. And in particular, this will be of the water of life. So now for the next, say, about 35 or 37 minutes, we'll go through the outline coming to the fountain of living waters and drawing water from the springs of salvation for the consummation of the divine economy. Okay. Coming to the fountain of living waters. How do you do this? Where is the fountain Of living waters. Do you see? It's right inside. Of your regenerated. Human spirit. Come to it. No one can come for you. You come. And then we draw water. From the springs of salvation. Which are in our spirit and are in one another's spirit, when we fellowship in mutuality, and mutuality is a crucial principle of the body and the church life, we not only care to release our spirit, we like in love to draw out one another's spirit. So when someone is standing to speak for we hope, say, 90 seconds or so, in whatever language, we should be exercised to draw living water from that saint's spirit. That will be a real encouragement to that sister or brother when she sits down, to sit down and realize, whoa, rivers are flowing. But the goal in this is the consummation of the divine economy. They have the church, the kingdom, then the new Jerusalem. One matter I need to mention here about coming to the fountain of living waters is there needs to be a motive. And I'm aware of two main kinds of motives. One is I realize there's such joy, there's healing, there's comfort. I just come to enjoy the Lord. Other times we come out of thirst. And in John 7, the Lord cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And in Revelation 22 Just before the Lord is about to come for the bride, the spirit and the bride are speaking together. The spirit and the bride say, come. Whoever wills, come. If anyone thirsts, let him come. God, even at the very last hour, is calling out to the human race, are you thirsty? And I was very helped by the testimony of J. Hudson Taylor regarding this. Because the verses on living water in John meant a lot to him. And he gave us a definition of thirst. He said, thirst is any unfulfilled longing or desire within you. That's thirst. And we can have different kinds of thirst as humans. Here's a dear sister. She wants to be married. She's never been married. Or she's a widow. She has, believe, years more. This is a thirst. Or a couple, they don't have a child. In our human nature, our longings, yearnings, desires that only living water can satisfy. I know we think that if I did get married, that in itself will satisfy, but it can't. Or if I have a child, that in itself will satisfy, but it won't. Only the triune God himself can quench the thirst of a human being. And when it comes down to it, only the thirsty come. So the Lord said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So may I ask something about your present experience in the hope that you wouldn't be subjective or self-critical. I'm just inquiring with the goal of encouraging you. Can you... Share with me, from your experience, what it's like to have rivers of living water flowing out of your innermost being. Many of us would say, I don't think so. A trickle? Okay. Maybe a little stream? Rivers? Rivers? flowing out of my inner being? Not yet, so you have a lot to look forward to then. Don't judge yourself for not having had this experience. Look forward to it. Why not pray a simple prayer? Lord, cause rivers of living water to flow out of my inner being. In the summer of 1969, I had to take some special classes at a university in Southern California for my teaching certificate. And something happened on this one particular day, out of my contact with the Lord, that I went there on the campus. I claimed the baptism in the Spirit. I claimed the filling of the Spirit. And I just proclaimed Christ anyone and everyone and person after person join me out loud and calling on the name of the Lord. Rivers, 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 rivers flowing. Well, that isn't, and that is flowing out of a person whose disposition naturally is not that open, and to others, and not knowing what to say to others, and not bold in proclaiming the gospel, but when rivers flow, and people take a drink. And so we have this to look forward to. The fountain becomes the spring. The spring becomes the rivers. And now we're living for the fulfillment of God's purpose, In the divine dispensing, in the particular way, we come to the fountain, we drink the water, it becomes a spring welling up, and then the Lord flows out of us. The more he flows out of us, the more we come to the fountain and drink, the more the fountain springs up, the more he flows. So we live a life of flowing in and flowing out. But some of us, and this is not deliberate, we're somewhat like a hose attached to the faucet. And the handle of the faucet is turned fully on, but the nozzle at the end is closed. So at first, oh, the water's flowing in me, and now the pressure, there's a pressure You don't know why there's the pressure. Well, you know how to relieve the pressure? It's to loosen the nozzle and let the Lord flow out. And so, living in the divine dispensing as a way of living for God's purpose is to live in a constant flow in, flow through, flow out. Flow in flow through, flow out. Why not ask the Lord? Lord, make this me. Make this me. Some of us were kind of introverts or were sensitive and thoughtful. We have no problem coming to get water flowing in. Our problem is letting anything out. You become so self-conscious and this and that. Then you have, believe it or not, the Peter types, bold, daring, even audacious. But it's hard to get them to stop what they're doing, calm down, and just receive the divine dispensing. But God intends, because we're going living, to be living this way in eternity that as the bride the river is going to be flowing out through into through and out into through and out and th- this brings in an unprecedented joy every aspect i had us read verse 8 from Psalm 36 I should have included it you will m- cause them to drink of the river of your pleasures. Again, I don't know Hebrew, but I learned the Hebrew word for pleasures is the word for Eden in plural. And Eden is paradise, so it's paradise water. You will cause them to drink of the river of your paradises. So when you drink, you have joy. When you let the river flow through your being, opening everything, you get more joy. But when you release it, you get the highest joy. When you release it. You just ask the Lord, Lord, you just forget what kind of person you are when it comes to the gospel. Just forget yourself. Just say, Lord, this year, between now and the end of this year, Give me the experience of bringing another person to the Lord Jesus for salvation. And I believe the Lord will arrange the situation and will supply you and lead you and prepare that person and you will touch a joy that maybe you've never known or not known for a long time. The joy of the river flowing out of you, flowing into the life of another dear Human being. So I've really moved on the outline. I've covered the title already. (laughs) Now we'll proceed to the content. God's intention in his economy is to be the fountain, the source, okay? Please equate fountain and source. The fountain of living water to satisfy his chosen people for their enjoyment. Satisfy. That means he knows what you're seeking, what's lacking, what you're longing for. He wants to satisfy that for your enjoyment. The goal of this enjoyment is to produce the church as God's increase. That's the goal. So it doesn't stop with us. Flows in, through, and then out. God's enlargement. To be God's fullness for his expression. That's the goal. So we just begin by receiving the dispensing. We let the river flow. Then this will produce churches. I do believe that between now and 2028... There will be a half dozen more churches in the greater Phoenix metropolitan area. There will be a prevailing campus work and scores of young people from all races and nationalities will be saved because the river is going to flow in the desert. This is God's intention. I believe so. So God needs to be a fountain of living waters to his elect because he has an economy. And his economy is to produce a counterpart, a bride for himself. So eventually, you won't just drink for yourself and draw water for yourself. You'll drink for the church, for the prayer meeting. You'll drink for the Lord's table meeting. You'll drink for the conference. You'll drink for the bride. Well, this really touches the Lord's heart to say, Lord, I love you. And I care for the desire of your heart. I sense the longing in your heart for a counterpart, for a bride to match you. And I'm living for this. And now I'm seeking you for the divine dispensing of living water for her. For her. This doesn't stop with me and my personal need. I'm enjoying you for the church, for your body, for your bride. God's economy is to dispense Himself as the living water to produce His increase, His enlargement for His expression. So you see the connection between our enjoyment of the living water through dispensing and God's goal to produce the increase. Now in the next section, we have the crucial matter of the unique source. God wants wants us to take him as the fountain, the source of our life and our being. This is what Abraham had to learn the hard way. That God and only God is the father, the source. And yes, we need to experience and enjoy the all-inclusive Christ. He is the spring. We need to experience the river flowing. That's the spirit. But we really need to know the fountain. Many times, I feel I need to say this, I just referred to the Father as the fountain. Father, fountain. I come to you as the source. For every message, how do we know the subject for a training, for a conference? How do we know? Do you think we sit down and just Rack our brains to come up with something. There's a source. There's a fountain. Everything in the ministry and the Lord's recovery originates from the fountain. The Father. So the fountain is a person. And that's the Father as the source. Source determines outcome. So when... A young brother or a young sister comes for fellowship and they say they have this definite feeling for another brother or sister in the way of possible marriage. So I encourage them, okay, you need to pay attention to all feelings. Recognize the feelings, tell the Lord about the feeling, and then ask him this. Lord, what is the source of this? What is the source? Are you the source of this interest I have in pursuing a relationship with that person? If you are the source to this feeling that I have, I fully open to you. But Lord, I'm a a human being. Human beings love others. They're attracted to others. Maybe I'm just the source. If I'm just the source of this feeling, then I ask you to terminate it. Don't try to analyze. The more you try to analyze which feeling came first, which feeling is deeper, which feeling is getting stronger, you'll just fall into an abyss inwardly. Just honor the Father as the source about anything. A brother's burdened. He feels called by the Lord to come out from working at his usual job to serve the Lord full time. What is the source? Everything. One of the main responsibilities of leading brothers in all the churches is to take the fountain as the source of everything in the church. Every decision, every activity. Otherwise, we fall into the category of God's people in Jeremiah 2.13. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. Forsaken me and gone after another source. The principle in the Bible is that God does not want his chosen people to take anything other than himself as the source. So our heart, our human heart, should never be the source. My heart is full of love. I can say this sincerely because of the divine dispensing, but the love does not originate from the heart. The love originates from the Lord's spirit who dispenses himself as love into my spirit. That love flows into my heart that's very different from your natural polluted human love. So how precious to have the feeling, I'm continuing this illustration of courtship and engagement in marriage. How precious to have the feeling, the couple has the feeling, and then the whole body has the feeling. This is not a matter of opinion. God is the source. We just know, God, you are the source of this, this relationship. But some, because God does not create robots, you get a young person, meet someone in class, they fall in love, God allows them to do what they want. And someone I cared for very, very much, very much made a decision like this. It turned out to be tragic. And I'm not judging, I just realized. Sister, the father, the fountain, was not the source of that relationship or that marriage. That's why he let it go in order to preserve you because in your heart you are for him and he is not this is so precious nothing other than himself we have to learn like abraham had to learn he said okay i think uh, i think the old servant in my heart will be the son god says no and then I kind of enjoy referring to this. Sarah comes along says, Abraham, look at you, old guy. Look at me, withered. How are we going to have a son? Go into Hagar. Just use your remaining energy. Go to Hagar. So he does. And then after he does... Sarah comes and condemns him for doing what she suggested that he do. So, so do you know why, dear sisters, we men brothers find it so hard to understand you? <laughs> but God holds Abraham responsible and not her. And God is silent for 13 years. Now he's 99. He said, okay, it's going to happen. Sarah hears this, she's laughing outside the tent, laughing. God says, you were laughing. He said, I wasn't laughing. You were laughing. When the boy is named, name him, he who laughs. So the sooner we can learn this, the better. We can help one another to a certain extent. But eventually, you've got to learn this personally. In everything. In taking care of your health. In making decisions, you may have a condition. There are all kinds of options. What do you do to take care of yourself? Let the Father be the source. B says the triune God has been processed and consummated in order to dispense himself into our being. He went through such a process to become living water. By dispensing himself into us as life, God is accomplishing his his economy that he may have a corporate expression of himself for eternity. So this is how he works himself into you, the central work, by dispensing. Now you're saturated with God, so your soul increasingly expresses him. See, we need to drink of God as the fountain of living waters so that he may increase for the fulfillment of his economy, to have his expression Through his counterpart. What would happen if everyone. In Arizona. In the Lord's recovery. Would just drink of God. His fountain of living water. Every day. For the sake of his increase. In Arizona. What would happen. All over. You just see the connection. Between your enjoyment. Of the divine dispensing. And enjoying the fountain of living waters. And the Lord's Increase. And he will increase by flowing out. You let him flow in, you let him flow through, he will flow out. Three, therefore you will draw water with rejoicing from the springs of salvation. It's just so joyful. When we're together, and we help one another be released. When you have not only a released spirit, but a releasing Spirit. You don't exhort others, come on, turn to the Spirit. And they say, you turn to your Spirit. (laughs) Just have a releasing spirit. Wash their feet. They've had a hard week. Their soul is weary. Yes, they came in 25 minutes late to the meeting. Good that they came. Refresh them. Refresh their inward parts. Let the living water flow. And with rejoicing, you'll draw water from the springs of salvation. The fountain is the source. The springs are the issue of the source. And the river is the flow. In the Bible, a spring signifies... Life that flows out of God in resurrection into His chosen people. Now we see this is resurrection water. So it's going to swallow death. This is my constant battle, especially as an older person. The struggle, wake up another day, but to realize death is attacking, death is discouraging. Death is enervating, weakening, but when I turn and I get help to turn, they drink the living water, it's resurrection water and death is defeated again in my own mind, in my own soul, even in my own body. This is resurrection water. See, in the Bible, the springs of salvation implies that salvation is the source. The source of the springs of salvation is a fountain. And the fountain is salvation, which is God himself. The springs which are Christ issue out of the fountain and become the rivers which are the spirit. Fountain, springs, rivers. And the Lord told this woman, When was the last time you had as a gospel friend a woman who had been married five times and is living with a man, not her husband? You would say, this is not good material. But Oh, good material has to be some kind of such and such Eagle Scout fellow. But he knew she was thirsty. People sin because they're thirsty. She got married again and again because she's thirsty. So she gave up on marriage, but she didn't give up on living with a man, so she's still thirsty. And the Lord says, if you drink, you, if you drink of the water I give you, it will become a fountain springing up into you, into eternal life. And we all know what she did. She left her water pot there, ran into the city. They all knew her reputation. She said, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. And she's flowing out. And she will be a true worshiper. Forgiven sinners who love much because they're forgiven much, and who drink much because they're so thirsty. They will worship the Father in spirit and in truthfulness. Amen. So the Lord has to, he has to go through Samaria and meet such a woman at the well. He's happy to do it. When the disciples came, he told, indicated to them he's no longer hungry. They had gone to get food. There as usual. as males, young males, they're clueless. If someone give him a drink, Somebody gave him food. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And to finish his work. Consider the context. What was the will? It was to give a drink of living water to this woman. So now, he's satisfied. He was nourished. He was tired and he was thirsty. Because he was a man. He asked for a drink. And then he was refreshed by the river flowing out. We need to pray, Lord, for more outflow. Like the hymn says, grant us, Lord, the living outflow. May thy life through us be seen. D, the process triune God is the fountain, the springs, and the river of life. The Father is the fountain, the Son is the springs, and the Spirit is the river of water of life. God is our salvation, is the fountain. With you is the fountain of life. Christ is the springs of salvation for our experience and enjoyment. And the Spirit is the flow of this salvation within us. So this connects to Romans 5.10 much more. We shall be saved in his life. Shouldn't that become an actual experience? We can testify. I've been saved from this, saved from that. Well, we're saved in life by the spring of salvation, by drinking, and the life flows in us. It saves us, saves us in life. Amen. Then this life reigns in life and causes us to reign in life. Amen. The truth. And God's economy as presented in the ministry of the age is profound. But our life practices are simple. We just drink. We breathe. We eat. We come to the Lord and say, Lord, I turn my heart to you. I open my heart to you. I claim the cleansing of your precious blood, the anointing of your spirit, I call on you. I want to drink you. River flows into you, through you, and out of you. Any given day, no matter what the outward situation is, is intrinsically different when the river is flowing in us. The Lord gave me one prayer. I prayed hundreds of times. I mentioned it for your benefit. I have nothing to boast in. It's for your benefit. I prayed to him hundreds and hundreds of times, Lord, keep me in the flow all the days of my life unto eternity. Lord, deepen the flow, enrich the flow, increase the flow, release the flow. We'd like to live in the flow to be joyful drinkers, as one brother prayed, with a joyful outflow. The water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into eternal life. It becomes. So you drink the living water. It's the spirit. The water is the spirit. You drink the spirit. The spirit reaches your spirit. They mingle. And the mingling produces a fountain. And under normal circumstances, the fountain springs up. Springs up. If this is not our experience, ask for it. It makes a difference. Ask and you shall receive. Lord, I want an experience of the fountain springing up in me. I ask you to give me this experience every day for this coming week. Fountain springing up in me. And I'm going to pray for everyone else in my local church that they'll experience the fountain springing up in whatever situation they're in. The triune God flows in the divine trinity in three stages. The Father is the fountain, the Son is the springs, and the Spirit is the river. The flowing of the triune God is into eternal life. And ultimately, eternal life is a new Jerusalem, the city of life, the city of living water. So this springing up has a goal. It's the church, the bride, the new man, the kingdom, the new Jerusalem. The flow gives direction to your spiritual life, your Christian life, your human life, every aspect of your life. The flow aligns you with the move of God and the goal of God. You're living for God's eternal purpose by living in this flow. It's so simple. It's effortless. It's delightful. Like, oh, oh, I'm going to drink water. Oh, oh. Oh, this, oh, so, oh, come on now. You just sip water. Okay, you can do this. Actually, at any time, in any situation, in any circumstance, you can sip living water. You just need to come out of your passivity, turn your heart, open your heart, and exercise. The New Jerusalem is the totality of the eternal life. Sent to eternal life means into the New Jerusalem. The Father as the fountain, the Son as the springs, and the Spirit as the river, flow into us and with us into the New Jerusalem to be the New Jerusalem. By drinking the living water, we become the New Jerusalem, the totality of the eternal life, the destination of the flowing Triune God. To apply this for the present by drinking the living water, we become the body of Christ in reality. We become the new man perfected and functioning. We become the bride prepared for our bridegroom. Don't you long in the midst of this evil age for the Lord Jesus to come back soon to deal with the whole dreadful world situation. Well, when he comes, regarding the believers, he comes as the bridegroom. Everything depends on the bride making herself ready. I don't say the only place, but the best place for the bride to be prepared is in a local church, a genuine local church, And may the Lord show us the connection between our drinking the spirit and the bride making herself ready. This will touch the Lord's heart so much when I tell him, Lord, I'm living here. You still give me breath and energy to live my physical human life. I'll tell you, I'm living here. I'm breathing here for your bride, your counterpart. This is the meaning of my whole human life. It's the center of my pursuit of you. I love you, Lord. I open to you. I want to mature. I want to be an overcomer. I want to be saved in life. I want to reign in life. All of that, Lord. But it's not about me just making it into the kingdom. That's not my goal. It's about your heart's desire to have a bride finally being fulfilled. Amen. So, Lord, I'm going to drink you and experience the fountain becoming the springs, becoming the river flowing out. I want you to flow into me, through me, and out of me. Yes, for my own growth and life, but more than anything else, for the bride. Amen. Let's, out of love for the Lord, enjoy the divine dispensing of the water of life For the body, the new man, the bride, and the coming of our Lord Jesus. Let's drink him back. And let's hasten the day when the spirit and the bride together say, come. So please be exercised to keep the sharing brief. A minute, a minute and a half. I know. Once we get speaking, we're all learning. And in any language, not just Spanish, any language that has a translation, someone is here speaking Serbian, you got a Serbian translator, whatever it is, please, everyone is needed. So just speak in the language you're comfortable with. If you need translation, we'll get it. But now we need 20 or 25 of you to respond because... Methinks, some river water flowed into you, it flowed out of you, now it's time for it to flow, it flowed through you, now it's time to flow out of you. So please stand up in faith, obeying the inner sense, no matter where you are, way in the back or in the front, stand up, open your mouth, and let the rivers flow. Okay, it's up to you now. I want a drink of your spirit. Amen.